Welcome to the Something Admired podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Haber, and I look forward to opening the space to share inspiring conversations with those I admire. Join me weekly as we dive into inspiring leaders, teachers, and thinkers that have a story to tell. With a desire to connect, and more importantly, a craving to learn, this podcast was born. If there's one thing I'm certain about, it is that the world needs more stories being shared and admirable moments that embed in our memories. And with great pleasure, let us begin together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Something Admired. Today, I'm going to be diving into our bonus episode. So that is with me personally on a topic that you guys were interested in. So that was cultivating a deeper connection to the kitchen. So I'm going to be exploring some tools and resources that may inspire you. So get cozy, pull out a notebook, or just take mental notes as we go. You can often find me multitasking between cooking one meal, tasting another, soaking grains for the next meal, all the while I'm wading through the kitchen in my velvet slippers and dancing to some old album. (laughs) It truly is a sight to see, something that I have learned to cultivate over the years. And the kitchen is like every other relationship. It works if you work it and it desires affection, space, attention, and co-creation. There is the kitchen, and then there's you. But there's also this space between you and the kitchen, and that is where the magic truly happens. Nobody really questions how a few eggs, oil, flour, water, and spices become a cake. It's alchemy, and essentially you are the midwife that gets to bring this to life. You can spend years terribly afraid to step foot into the kitchen for fear of messing up or the vast pressure to create something exquisitely magical. So you neglect that one place we all have the potential to excel in. These next words may sound funny, but for, for just today, begin by giving your kitchen a name. I like to call mine Gertrude, maybe because in its homage to my great grandma, and her love of baking. So go ahead, think of a name, and introduce yourself. I love doing this, and that's the first place I started in creating a unique connection with my own kitchen. It's still a work in progress, but I love to give it a name. Uh, Greet your pots and pans with a firm handshake and begin. We are all born fluent in the language of the kitchen, yet sometimes we just need to be reminded how truly simple this is. So that being said, let's start with the basics. There's a few ways I recommend cultivating a deeper connection to the kitchen. One, as I mentioned above, give your kitchen a name and treat it as if it's someone or a place of worship. I like to also say here that the kitchen is my holy place and one of the places I often take myself to pray and be with myself. Another is to set the tone and dress up your environment. So with this being said, I love to do this by always having fresh flowers in sight. This was one rule that my partner and I had upon moving into many different spaces 
There always needs to be a bouquet of flowers, so pick up one on the side of the road, forage them around the house. If you have a garden with them, pick them, and just keep a bouquet of beautiful flowers in sight. Putting on some beautiful music that inspires me, that's one way I really love to summon the space and really, yeah, get my inspiration sort of running and into my inner chef and stacking my favorite cookbooks to flip through when desired. So that's another great tool is to always have some cookbooks, even poetry books and inspiring images, whether it's a coffee table book, just to always flip through and just get used to different recipes and how they come together. And oftentimes I love just looking at images and how different colors inspire me or the juxtapositions and the differences within each of the spices and foods and seasonal foods. So I love to have that. I always love to have color displayed as well. So oftentimes I'll have a big bowl of different roots and and veggies and onions and just a lot of different things that I can notice is in my in my in my environment that I will have on hand. And another thing I like to touch on is that you don't need every fancy appliance in the world that it has persuaded you into getting. I often recommend the staples and finding your favorite kitchenware that tells a story. So maybe that's a family heirloom or a friend made it, you were gifted it, or found it somewhere that embeds in your memory. One thing I love about my kitchen is that a handful of my appliances have a story. So there is an essence behind every tool that I use to help bring my food to life. Um, Our knives were forged by Elliot, and I've carried my one yellow cast iron pot across oceans. I checked it into my bag when I left California and came to Australia, and God knows how I got it past the airline without having to pay an incredible amount, so that that has a story, and it's still cooking on to this day. Um, Wooden spoons made by friends, so this looks like my ladles and different things carved by native woods, and ceramic bowls and mugs created by either myself or someone I know. I really love, yeah, I guess just the beauty of uh, diversity in the kitchen and also that everything, most everything that I pick up does have a story. And this is a beautiful way to begin to nurture this relationship with your kitchen and bring those you love into your space. And on another note, one practical way that I love to cultivate a deeper connection is my whole food pantry lineup. So by this I mean stocking up on grains, legumes, nuts, seeds, flowers, dried goods, and spices that inspire you. I want to be really honest with you. I started in a kitchen, a very, very tiny kitchen that we lived in. It was off-grid and was very small. So it was a very square box that we made into a beautiful space that we were able to have small jars and things and everything we were able to see was in sight. So I think that helped start 
build the cultivation of being able to witness what is in my kitchen and how I can use them and just I guess seeing everything on display. So I love filling glass jars with a variety of colorful goods that I can visually look at in my kitchen. And this has kind of traveled with me wherever I've gone. So this does two things. One is it inspires me to cook with a variety of different foods and also encourages a constant rotation. So I can tell when one is getting low and it's time to fill up or use up more of another. And jars are cheap and a really beautiful way that I can go to my local bulk store instead of always buying plastic bags. So what I'll usually do is I'll have some saved up brown paper bags or plastic bags and I'll go to my local bulk store, which I feel like most everywhere now does have those places. And I'll stock up on some staples that I always have on hand. So some of those are rice, polenta, lentils, chickpeas, mung beans, buckwheat groats that I'll usually use for bread, gluten-free oats, nut flours, brown rice flour, sorghum flour, chickpea flour, hazelnuts, macadamia nuts, sultanas, gluten-free pasta, sesame seeds, pumpkin seeds, Himalayan salt, pepper, coriander, cumin, thyme, olive oil, honey, maple syrup, and coconut sugar. And these are always, I feel like these are mainly my staples and I would recommend starting there, but I always fill in the gaps where needed. So again, I feel like this is one place where it's everyone's dream to see this open, beautiful, glass jarred kitchen and it's really accessible and easy and actually really cheap to do so. So oftentimes I'll save some jars, whether that's from a nut butter jar or a tomato sauce, I'll wash it out, I'll keep the jar. Or often in thrift stores, I'll, I love to stock up on different jars and have that displayed in my kitchen. So yeah, again, those are my staples and I'll rotate that. I will put everything in the show notes so that you can feel inspired in that way. And I've kind of articulated it where you'll have your flowers, your legumes, your spices, your sweeteners, your oils, your fruits, and your dried goods. And then that's pretty nice to always have on hand so that if you're quick to not know what you want to make or you have something that you are inspired to make, you do have all of those different varieties on hand. And that being said, so that's, I feel like, the aesthetics and the essentials of my kitchen that I really do love to have, and it helps me cultivate a deeper connection with what I'm going to cook or just my kitchen space. And another way is to have my go-to meals. So this, I feel like, always was something that stopped me from cooking or feeling like I could get creative in the kitchen because I wasn't sure what to make and I felt like I needed to be good at whatever I needed to make. So I often say, make a list of five dishes you love and know you're good at and they come easy to you. So for me, this is a lentil or chickpea stew that I love to slow cook with lots of tomato sauce and onions and carrots and something that's really hearty and often involves a legume I can throw it on the stovetop, and it's also something that I can save for later, and it 
stays for a few days. A roast chicken, this is something lately I've really loved doing, so I get my protein. I really love connecting with, yeah, a roast chicken during the seasons when it's often colder, and that feels really nourishing to my body. So it'll either be a roast chicken or a chicken soup that I'll slow cook for, yeah, about 24 hours or a bit longer. A breakfast omelet, so I love adding sometimes just whatever I have left in the fridge and that's a great way to use excess produce, some eggs so that I have that protein as well and those minerals that are really rich in my egg yolks and then pasta salad so my partner really loves pasta. I I love it as well. It's not a big staple in my eyes but I do really love it so that I can have warm And then the next day, I love to eat it cold and mix it with some other veggies. And then a veggie roast. So for me, that looks like various different roots or seasonal veggies that I'll just put in the oven or roast on the stovetop. And for me, that's my five. So I feel like I'll I'll rotate that. And then I have room to get creative in the middle. So my recommendation for you is start with five, master them. And that's where you gain your confidence to start getting more creative. And that's a really great thing to do with knowing ahead of time what your week is going to be like. So oftentimes I haven't gotten too much into storing or freezing my foods and meals because I feel like we kind of go through them pretty quickly. But that's something I'd love to get better at is making excess and then putting that in the freezer to then store for the rest of the week. Um, and I guess on, a, on that same note, I do really love batch cooking. So oftentimes I'll pick one day of the week where for me, it usually falls on a Sunday. So for me, what that looks like is I'll usually rotate between certain foods and staples that I really love. And I think this is one that I'll definitely dive deeper into in, an, in a different session episode. But I want to touch on it really briefly because for me, this is one place I cultivate connection with my kitchen. And a few things that I do love to batch cook are my brekkie greens. So I'll often rotate with my collards or my bok choy and whatever's really, I guess, abundant in my garden or at the farmer's market my local store and that's something I'll just stir up on the stovetop with some butter I'll do my greens I'll do some garlic some onions and that'll just saute until it's sort of ready and tender and I'll save that so I'll have that most mornings with an egg And then I'll also batch cook some legumes. So sometimes that looks like chickpeas or lentils or borlotti beans, just different staples that I love to rotate through. So I'll have that in a separate container and have my legumes there. And then I'll also batch cook a protein. So that will look like a roast chicken or sometimes I've been really loving some meatballs or meat patties. So I'll have some venison mince or some yeah just a different mince that I love to make into these really yummy meatballs or meat patties and I'll add some cumin and some cayenne and spices and garlic and onions and then 
just flip those in the cast iron, save them, put them in the fridge, and those are just so lovely to have with whatever I'm having for the week. And then I also love baking. That's probably one of my favorite things to batch cook. So I'll usually bake a bread. So I love my 48-hour buckwheat ferment that I know I've mentioned on social media and in various places. And Emma Moore, she's going to be speaking more about this bread in particular coming up in an episode to come. But yeah, so I'll have my sourdough and then I'll usually cook a sweet bread as well. So that I love like a sweet potato bread or maybe it's a banana bread, but I do love to have that for my mornings or throughout the day. So that's batch cooking and that's one way you can just plan one day out of the week. Maybe it's you block out your morning or your afternoon and you just get it done and you can put on your music and just enjoy the kitchen space. Fill it up and start to schedule that in as if you would a workout or your work schedule. I find that it really helps set me up for nourishing my body throughout the week and knowing that I have those meals to fall back on when I don't feel like cooking necessarily. And I also say when cultivating a a connection to the kitchen, start by rotating cooking days in the kitchen. So if you're with yourself, oftentimes I'll say, go out to your favorite restaurant and get that to go or eat out just so that you can sort of give yourself that day off or however long you need to have your day off and know that you don't, you're not expected every single day in the kitchen. So I also, with my partner, what I love to do is we'll rotate days where we'll One of us will cook and the other will clean or just take a bath and have our time to kind of relax and enjoy and have our days off. So that's also really important when wanting to cultivate a connection with the kitchen is to also give your time that space away from the kitchen. Um, So that's something just to remember. And what I always have on hand in the fridge. Lately, this has been raw milk lots of butter we are huge butter eaters my partner in particularly and me same I love butter yogurt fresh seasonal fruits and for us right now that's oranges blueberries figs apples eggs dips cheeses venison chicken seasonal greens like collard roots like carrots and herbs such as parsley and cilantro We're really lucky that our neighbors actually grow blueberries and now more recently figs. So that's been such a treat to usually we'll go to the farmer's market and get it there. But sometimes we get to just walk over next door and pick up some blueberries and hopefully figs. So that's really exciting. And that's, yeah, I guess inside the fridge. So just always having fresh produce in the fridge. And oftentimes I look to what's in season to inspire me and that's where I love to go to the farmer's market or local produce shops and there is one in particular that I do really love here in town and on another note so this is one topic that I love and has been a key element in connecting to my kitchen which is soaking and fermenting This topic I can go so deep into and I think it has to be a whole other episode so I'll just briefly touch on it but 
I have a ritual where just before bed, I will leave grains or legumes out to soak for the next day. It's something that's so simple and is a great way to cultivate new ways of working in the kitchen. So the grains I usually soak are rice, buckwheat groats for the 48-hour bread that I mentioned, um, chickpea flours for sokas, or lentils for soup. And so this is something I love to do where I don't have much time. I can quickly just put maybe a cup or two cups of whatever it is that I'm wanting to cook for the next day and know that I always have something soaking. So for me, I love rotation in the kitchen. So I'll always be rotating my grains, rotating what I'm soaking, and knowing that the next day I'll have something really nourishing that I can pop into my pressure cooker or cook on the stove and that it nourishes me. So that's one way I love to just inspire others is to start building a relationship with soaking and fermenting your grains. And it's so simple. Really, all you do, put a cup or however much of the actual raw grain or flour or legume and add some fresh filtered water. Sometimes I'll add a bit of baking soda help or apple cider vinegar to break down any of the phytic acids. And then I'll usually strain it for the next day and then cook it as is. So that just really helps break down any of the really thick phytic acid or any of the grains that help to just easily digestible in your body. So that's one way. And on a different tangent, one of my favorite ways of connecting with the kitchen is my apothecary. So this is something I feel like I've always dreamed ever since I was little. And I feel like people say that I've always dreamed to have an apothecary, but I really have. And it's something that you can do anywhere. And by apothecary, I mean a few jars of medicinal herbs that I can look at. I have my mortar and pestle. And then I have different tinctures or infused honeys that I've been soaking for the seasons. So for me, it's some herbs that I really love and always have on hand as staples are nettle, oat straw, yarrow, red clover, peppermint, thyme, rosemary, chamomile, and hibiscus. And these, I feel like, are my go-tos for really staple whole nourishing herbs and again I'll always buy organic because I love to especially with tea you want to know where it's coming from if I can't grow it in my garden I'll find a resource that is hopefully local or where I know it's grown with care and nourishment so that I can really feel that in my own body and yeah like I said you can infuse honey with any of these herbs that will be a beautiful way to make some syrups. You can put on pancakes or take as medicinal medicinally through the seasons. So oftentimes if I have a cold in winter, I'll love a really yummy thyme infused honey. And that's a really great place to start. So there's often, yeah, just building that connection with using different modalities to help heal your body and nourish them in a beautiful way. So I will use that. I'll have a beautiful lineup of my teas and herbs 
And this is one place that I absolutely love to connect with in my kitchen. So this may be a place where you may find some inspiration. It may not, but it's a great tool to add that new element to your kitchen. Um, lastly, I love to add this, which is to fill your kitchen with those you love. Think weekly dinner parties, a long table dinner with conversations by candlelight, and just infuse your space. Like I mentioned earlier, it is a relationship that you have to cultivate. And so maybe it's inviting people that you just met or want to build a better relationship with and invite them home to your home and enjoy a home-cooked meal. I love to say there's nothing like a home-cooked meal with those that you love or want to get to know. And it's a beautiful practice to build other relationships. Um, sometimes you can have a potluck and everyone can bring a dish. Or oftentimes I'll love to cook up a big meal and just spoil those I love. So that's one way that I think is another really great element to just start to build a connection with your kitchen is to invite people over. And it, again, you don't have to have a big space to do this. You just need a really yummy meal and a conversation that you can flip back and forth with one another and get to know someone. So that's yeah, that's that one place that I find refuge and always connecting with my kitchen is inviting people in. And I know I'm going to touch on this in another episode, but I have my Monday night women's potluck that I have every Monday and we bring a beautiful dish and we enjoy weekly dinners together and it's so special. So that's a really just dear to my heart place that I love to start building my connection. And a kitchen broom, tending to your space as if it was the holiest space. This is something I'm constantly trying to work on. I am no saint at all when it comes to keeping the kitchen clean, but I do really love to touch on leaving it better than you found it. And I'm constantly teaching myself this as I'm saying it out loud. So that's something to remember as well. I love to have my broom. I actually have a really beautiful little broom that I got from a friend who was making it in Northern California. I have that as a space that I can wipe the kitchen table or just dust things off. And I feel like that feels like my inner, yeah, it feels very primal to me. So I love having that. And another way is also with composting. So I, I know that I'm not going to go deep into this, but you don't, again, don't have to have chickens or farm animals to start a composting system. You can have a worm bin, but it's also a great place to just collect all your scraps and you can, yeah, start to build up your compost and your connection with what you're cooking, noticing what you're constantly using as scraps and throwing out and then whether it's burying it in the earth somewhere or giving it to your worms or giving it to your chickens or saving some scraps to make into soups it's just a really great way to connect with your kitchen so I hope that all gives you some little insight into connecting with your kitchen in a way that inspires you and we didn't even dive really into the actual practicalities of 
cooking and eating and nourishing and all these different recipes, but this is where I love to start and it's the first layer of the onion. So start here, start building a relationship, name your kitchen if that feels right and invite others in and start to build this beautiful pantry that feels inviting and inspiring and get your top five recipes ready to start practicing. Maybe that's batch cooking and start telling a story with your kitchen. So the relationship starts when you are ready and it has already begun if you have cultivated this awareness around your kitchen. So thanks for listening and I will see you next week on Something Admired and I so appreciate if this has inspired you in any way, please reach out and let me know and I'd love to hear how your relationship is going with your kitchen and if it has admired you in any way as well, please feel free to send that to a friend because I believe that's how we inspire each other. And by me recording this, it is an inspiration that I was previously learned from friends and those along the way. So I feel it's a gift to share this with others. And I will see you next week. 